Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We're so glad that you're with us. Again, everything happening with this ministry is at freshroadmedia.com. Go to that website and leave us a voicemail. We'll put you in one of our upcoming shows. It's all happening this summer right here during prayer month. Not pride month, prayer month. I like that. June is still going on and we're still praying. Let's make pride month prayer month. Yes. That's what it should be. Yes, absolutely. And without further ado, Emily Danielson is our great host. Here she is, solo camera. Welcome to the show. We got a great show, a really good show, a really, really good show. Welcome to the show. If you don't know what that reference is, it doesn't matter. Um, We do have a good show. You're going to be meeting some... Some more good personal friends once again today. We, we don't have a publicist. We don't have people booking our. I'm just calling old friends saying, uh, Emily started a new show. These are. Would you want to come on and share your thoughts? Again? These are important friends. <laughs> They're okay. doing great and wonderful work. Yes. And maybe you won't hear about them on CNN or MSNBC or any of those. But you know what? In God's economy, they're doing far greater, greater, greater things. So- well, the Christian, you cannot lose your saltiness. If you do, guess what? You're just worth to be trampled on underfoot, according to the scriptures. Good news. We don't want to put our light on a lamp and cover it with a bushel. You know what I mean? You don't light a candle and put it on a lampstand and then cover it with a bushel. You're sounding like George Bush Sr. <laughs> right now. Thousand points on a bushel. Of <laughs> Don't cover it under bushel. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's time for us to stay salty. Okay. You know, I mean, one of the things when you're when you're in uh, like Navy SEALs types or you're you're playing war type games, there's the the phrase. You know what the phrase is? Stay frosty. Oh. Okay. You know what that means? That means keep keep your head in the game. You know. Yeah. Just, okay. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Yeah. I can't. I just kept thinking something else. But. Pride Month in America. That is prayer month for the Christian. That's what I've been saying all month. That's what I've been trying to share. Here's the dealio. We have to start to pray, and we also then have to be salty, which means we have to speak things that people don't want to hear. Don't you use that salty language with me. Yet we want to have our, you know, we want to have our speech seasoned with love as much as possible. But you can tell somebody that they're that they're kind of in trouble. And they don't see it, but you mm-hmm. want them to come out of their deception. And you can say it in the nicest way possible, and it still comes back and can bite you in the backside as if you're mean and you're abrasive and you're, you're rude. You're unloving. Yeah. So just so you know, you've tuned into one of the most unloving shows on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to our first person yes. that we're going to bring in, Mike Shaw. Speaking of unloving. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Of course. Of course. So what you're telling me then is... As someone is driving towards a cliff, (laughs) instead of being pavement as an unsalty salt, you don't want to be pavement leading them to the cliff. You want to save them from the cliff by telling them the truth. Yes. Absolutely. That analogy worked better in my head (laughs) before I said it out loud. Don't be pavement. Uh, But be salt. Yes. Yes. 
Saltiness. Salt. Saltiness. We like saltiness. We Things do. Things are getting salty. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, yeah. you your title actually is news director yeah. for Fresh Road uh, Media, which correct. we love. Yes. Uh, what's going on in the news of late? Well, speaking of Pride Month, and I think we were, <laughs> um, yeah. or as we call well, it, Prayer Month around here. Yeah. Yes. This really uh, dovetails very well into kind of ha- the filter that I see the world Um it all comes down the, to this for me, which is, and I've said it a million times before uh, here and elsewhere, you know, it's the spirit of Antichrist mm-hmm. yeah. that's leading to the actual Antichrist. Mm. How is Satan going to pull this off? Well, from what I can tell from the WEF, their own words. Okay, WEF, remind World us. Economic Forum. There you okay. go. The folks at Davos, Klaus Schwab. Yeah. Mm. Would, who, he just... He's like a super villain. I know. It's oh. like he's right out of central casting as a, <laughs> I, as a super. He can, who makes this stuff up? He could be in the Wacky Racers. He, could, yeah. he really could. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy. I, I always see him with his little pinky up by his yeah. up by his lower part of his mouth. <laughs> a million yeah. dollars. And what a perfect name, Klaus. <laughs> Global ID. Of course his name's Klaus. Klaus, a.k.a. You Dr. Evil. You will serve us. <laughs> right. No, we are unwashed homeowners. Man, are we in for a world of hurt. They don't like us owning property. They don't like us eating meat. They don't like us having to, uh, you know, having the opportunity to make our own decisions. And if you just hear what they say and read what they write, I don't know why these people have any credibility. Oh, they got truckloads of money, so they're credible. All right. Good Uh, luck with that. And so here's, I think, the formula. I think I've put it together, and I'm not the only one. Okay. Um, But just based on what they're saying, we're we're talking your national ID Mm -hmm. combined with central bank digital currencies. Mm -hmm. Between those two things, they'll be able to, and you'll you'll scan your QR code before you can get on the internet. Right. Before you could even possibly even drive your car. They're talking about doing a breathalyzer now. Before you can start your car uh, for everybody, not just for people who've been convicted of DUI. That's a story I saw the other day. But and the, the reason why they're getting rid of uh, gas stoves in New York City and New York State yeah. is well, because they can't control gas. Right. They can control the electricity. Yeah. So it's all about control. So they'll take the uh, central bank digital currencies, which they own, not you, um, and they can program your money to restrict it to certain things. Mm-hmm. They can turn it off if you've been a bad little boy or girl. Yeah. And we have, we would have no hope on a score like that. <laughs> right. Just, yes. No. We'd have no hope. Well, they We're just naughty. have to watch uh, episodes one through eight. We're on the naughty one list. Yeah. Yeah. And so then uh <laughs> so and then your national ID is is how they track you everywhere and you need to scan your national ID and then your ESG score, which I'm saving for last for a reason. Yeah. Um See, yeah. and that actually that makes mm-hmm. sense, not to right. interrupt you, but that sure. makes sense in that they're gonna be able to sell it as a wonderful convenience oh, because yeah. we are like password to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I can't remember the password that I just made you up last month. And I need a new password for everything, yeah. a different password for everything, and I need to renew it every month. And it's getting out of hand. Like yeah. people, things are like I can't function with all the. St- and this, and this will, will be stop like, the hackers. Yeah, it'll be easy peasy. So convenient. So convenient for so everybody. Convenient, yes. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren tweeted I think yesterday that uh, fentanyl is fueled by cryptocurrency. They want to get rid of real crypto. 
and replace it with their centralized bank digital currency. How is it fueled by crypto? She's making it up. Okay. She's making it up. Ah, There might have been a story of some... Drug trade or something where they traded in, cr- Could in crypto. Could Superman make that leap? The, I the, don't the, the know. problem that and Elizabeth they got caught the problem the problem that we all have yeah. is just the name Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> okay, okay, let me explain. Yep. When I hear the name Elizabeth Warren, I think that we can't get any more ignorant in our country than what we are. Here is a lady oh, yeah. who used a lie of her being in, uh, an Indian, a Native American, right. to get into college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only that, but she tripled down, doubled down, tripled down during the campaign that she was, in fact, this. So she went and had a DNA test done. <laughs> when that DNA test came out and oh, said, yeah. no, you, you've got one 1,264th of Native American in you, which is the same amount of DNA that all of us have. I well, mean, yeah, she know, turned out to be more white than the average yeah, she's, she's more white <laughs> she's than I. She's whiter than people. white, white. Yeah. yeah. And so... Certainly whiter fine. than me. I didn't know white privilege <laughs> extended to being able to call yourself Native American. Right. Yeah. So this person still holding office, not only that, but after all that went down, after all of that was exposed, she still won... Re-election yeah. by a landslide. Senator from how, Massachusetts. Right? How is mm-hmm. that? Po- I, know, I understand. Senator I understand. from Massachusetts. I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's I'm, how it happened. I'm talking about. I'm talking about credibility now, and uh, I'm going to circle back. I sure. gave you that one, one, one example. example yep. There's a lot of economic examples. This lady yep. is yep. simply not qualified to be in the Senate. She has disqualified herself over and over and over again. And quite honestly, I don't even think she's very bright. Now, having said that. When I hear that name, mm-hmm. it immediately, and it usually lines up with their quotes, there's no credibility. There's right. just no credibility. Here's the problem. As soon as those people hear the word pastor or they hear the word Republican, they do the same thing. Right. They do the same thing. And not that all pastors are Republicans. I'm not putting church people all on the right or the or left. It's not about politics. Or a certain very red state. Yes. I'm, ju- I'm just saying that none of us have credibility with the other side anymore at right. all. Not right, even. Right. And, and they have given up on basic common courtesy when you see Maxine Waters, another brilliant mind running Washington, D.C. And of course, if I say anything about her, uh, I'm not the right color to really criticize her. So do you see where I'm going with this? Well, it's like Mike, we can't have we can't have joint credibility together have and nice have a discussion. <laughs> we can't have nice <laughs> no, things. No, because so we, where do we go from here? Mike, do you remember there was the a representative, I don't remember his name, but he actually talked about not wanting to, I believe it was build a Air Force base or military base on some certain island because he was afraid the island would, would tip, tip over. over. Yeah. I mean, like, Guam. Yeah. He yeah. thought Guam would tip over. How is this guy in public office at the know. highest level? Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Well, I can tell you, but it would take all, it'd yeah. take two hours. The yeah. bottom line is, when Maxine Waters comes out and literally broadcasts, this is how we can be bullies. We can be very she mean did. to these people. She did. And, and, and yet they, they had an anti-bullying campaign going on at the same time, and it was laughable. <laughs> yeah, I know. They she said, have no credibility. You're right. She said, don't, don't let them get away with being in public spaces. Make sure that you tell them they're not welcome. That was Maxine Waters. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the the gentleman's name that you were talking about, Emily, who's... Yeah, afraid. I can't yeah. remember. And I need to get my final point out. Guam. You guys keep going on. Can I finish? Can I, can I finish? <laughs> yeah. Ross Perot. Can I finish? You can finish, and then can I finish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was adding on <laughs> to you, so I, start? I need to finish so you can finish. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. I like these rabbit trails, because we will bring it back. 
We promise. The credibility is gone. We were talking yeah. about being salt and light in the world. Yes. And that's when you guys started mocking me <laughs> and no. making me feel not worthy <laughs> and all of these things. Listen, bleeding not a safe hard, space. Bleeding hard. This is the I'm most unloving sure you, show on the sure internet. You, I'm not even sure you guys know or care what my pronoun is. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, "Back to salt. <laughs> <laughs> Back to salt and light." Okay, straighten so, up and fly right. Losing your saltiness <laughs> has to do with credibility. Yeah. So to have credibility in the marketplace of free thought, a lot of us Christians want to then downplay what we're doing to the point where we lose our saltiness, uh, and that by actually saying the truth of the gospel, by by being part of the truth of the gospel and yep. always being out there, yep. to those folks, we have no credibility. True. Right. That goes hand in glove with losing our saltiness with, like, deconstructionism. Yeah. Deconstructionism, the first thing they do is they take away anybody with credibility, yep. and they say that they don't know what we know, and right. there's this special revelation, and you can't trust white people, you can't trust your pastor. You can't they trust the author, you they can't don't trust speak the writer. Our language, so how would they ever know? And, and all who of that. Taught you about Jesus. So Meemaw that's what I mean. Awesome. That's what I mean when you get into <laughs> like the crypto. Are we on Meemaw now? Or can <laughs> I finish? Can I bring it back to crypto? <laughs> no, bring it back to crypto. I love crypto. Bring it back. Well, that's where I took it from you. Okay. I'd like to give it back appropriately. Right, thank you. If you guys would allow me. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's okay. And then I'll get to ESG eventually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. And uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So credibility, yep. when they talk about crypto, when they talk about anything, it's all, mo- when you understand what their written, spoken goals are, including Klaus, you know, Klaus, the the, the villain, uh, <laughs> they want to hurt us, and we want yeah. to have them find Jesus. Yeah. Two totally different That's things. True. And so the Christian has to get a spine for such a time as this. Yeah. Is it Pride Month or is it Prayer Month, Prayer month. the month of June? Prayer Month. That's all I'm saying. All yeah. right. Back to you, Mike Shaw. Well, thank you. You handed it off very well because that's yes. where I'm going next with the ESG as part of the the, the, the trifecta. We mm-hmm. say ESG plus national ID plus CBDC equals freedom lost forever. And that's the spirit of Antichrist leading to the actual Antichrist. I need a template to be able to pull up on there. Give yeah. me those letters again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's a it's alphabet soup, not it like the, not like the other one that we're hearing hearing about a lot about this yeah. month. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, ESG, your ESG score, mm-hmm. economic, social, government score, mm-hmm. and national ID plus CBDC, central bank digital currencies. Yep. All those combined to equal the loss of freedom. Now, loss of freedom, Mike. I'm going to just be honest with you. Yeah. Is is light. I mean, you're you're mm-hmm. doing you know sour cream light. I want the full fat sour cream. That phrase is enslave the population. Yeah, well, the total control. So if you're total control, total if enslavement. If you're a bad little boy or girl, if you have one, they'll probably allow you one steak a month, maybe on your ESG score. If you have two, you may not be able to. Uh, well, I don't know what it could be. You might not be able to get online to play your game. Or buy a bus ticket. Or buy a bus ticket. Or I mean, China's already unveiled this for the last sure three have. years. We know exactly what happens to the people they who sure don't have. capitulate and don't bend the knee. They sure have. And then in Revelation, we see that the Antichrist will come and he will not allow Christians to buy or sell. How is he going to do that? We wondered for decades. Yes. And now we see the template. It's yeah. here. And, so, yeah. and, and so, you can't run, you can't hide. Right. And so here's... Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. 
Here's See, where the rapture theory could be good news. It could be good news. <laughs> if you good believe news. in that. Very good news. When my show comes out, I'm going to have my uh, Pastor Ben on from Calvary Chapel Lubbock. He's going to explain why he believes that is biblical. And yeah. so we, we, will okay. get in, we will get into all that. And I do want to say this, and I don't think I say it enough. You know, when we're talking about all this Watchmen on the Wall stuff, we're talking about being salt, um, you know, it's not to bring fear. It's never to bring fear. Prophecy never brings fear. What I what I want to encourage people, and and maybe we do say to, maybe people realize this already, but it's it is worth saying. Mm-hmm. We want you to pray. Yeah. We want you to be looking for Jesus. We want you to be ready for Jesus. We want you to be close to Him to navigate whatever difficult times may come. Uh, that that's the purpose of all of this. And not only that, but if these are our enemies, as they have stated their stated goals then we need to be praying for them so that they will come to Christ because yeah. we don't wish hell on even our worst enemy. Yeah, there's, there's nothing left for us to do, right. think, or say other than the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. Emily and I came to that conclusion. I remember it vividly. Mm-hmm. Don't, do you um, remember meeting with the kids, Em, in 2012 in Michigan mm-hmm. in our big living room there? And we basically said if there was a Mayflower going somewhere else, we should probably get on it. That's eleven years ago. Yeah. Where's that going, Mars? And and and, and <laughs> look right. at all of what's happened no, in the last eleven years. No, I, I'm, I'm just. I mean, it, it was just a family yeah. meeting of we're going to stay true to our faith. Yeah. It may hurt, yeah, but yeah. we're going to stay true to our faith, and, yep. and and that means we need to stick together with whoever and yeah. and the whosoever's of the Bible, the ah, uh, you know, the al um herits of the Bible. We need to stick together, and and how does that look? How do you do that? I, I got to be honest. I'm not sure. Yeah, I just know. That my goal for the last like five years has been to try to position Emily and I into a where into a place where we could let our salt be salty, our light be light, and there would be other people around that have the same yeah. attitude. Is that five people? Is that five hundred? I don't know. But we found a great uh, church in Harlan, yes. Iowa, that asked me to be their pastor. Now you're here, Mike. You're yep. serving alongside me. Oh, yeah. Is Jesus here? Is, are, is, did we find the right thing? I think we did, yes. and that's why we want this show to be the same, same kind of thing. That's exactly where we're coming from. So that brings me to the ESG specifically yes. and prayer month, because right now, and it started in May, it started before that, but uh, they they are getting such a pushback. <laughs> How much money has Bud Light lost so far? The boycott against uh, Target, which Chris, you talked about, started really. Ah, uh, we we've been ago. we've been with AFA on the boycott right. for at least three four right. years now. But right. the, but this part of the deck of uh, the boycott, the renewed boycott because of their swimsuits and their pride section in May that started mm-hmm. in May, they have lost uh, billions of dollars, mm-hmm. and yeah. so people. Uh, not just Christians, people, good sensical people are waking up and pushing back against this ESG. And so, you know, God's timing is wonderful. God is still a good yep. God. He might be giving America a second chance. Certainly he's um, letting people see the truth for what it is. And my prayer is that it will at least lead more people back to him. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. That's, so there's, that's got to be where our There's hope. There's hope. And Yeah, there's always hope. Right. right. Yeah. So it's there. I think their evil plans. They're going to proceed. Um, now, if in case you're watching or listening and you don't know, you know the ESG score. Uh, all of the banks are in on this. They've been meeting with the WEF for years, where they're going to use the economic, social, and government score yep. to base your loans on. You know whether or not you'll be able to buy a Investors, house or a car, yep. your investments, and this goes for big companies too. And so that's why you're so now seeing, on ESG. The, yeah, I, I want you to clarify. Yeah. 
If you are a Bible-believing Christian who will not wave the rainbow flag, what does that, just that one issue, right. what does that do to your score? Well, ultimately, it's going to be a way to shut you out and try to shut you up and try to bring you in line. And if you don't, ultimately, it means you're not going to be able to do business. Right. That's exactly um, what it means, is yeah. you're not going to be able to do business. Right. And I think, I don't know if you saw this story at all, Mike, uh, that conservatives and Christians particularly were a uh, little miffed as Chick-fil-A, it was uncovered that they have hired a president of DEI for yeah. their organization. Yeah. And, and what so is DEI? DEI is the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. DEI to so, me is Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. It was okay. a great race team. Had the Plug one car, in, the eight dude. car, the 15 car. It's the, it's the whole mantra to make everything yeah. inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I actually even saw yeah. um, on Facebook from a Chick-fil-A, I don't remember what town, it was in because it did actually specify what town it was in, uh, where they were advocating for the employee of the month who was clearly, right. I don't know what the word is because I don't even really even uh, know. DEI to, approved. Uh, there, you there, you there you go. DEI approved. Thank Didn't you. know if it was male, female, straight, gay. Sure, sure. I don't know what their gender I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell. Uh, and that was their employee of the month. Yeah. So they're clearly going that way. And so yeah. sometimes we put we get a little hope, we get a little rejuvenated when we see an organization who stands up and holds firm for those Christian values. But just know as the generations pass and as yeah. time changed, that can ebb and flow. It mm-hmm. can go yeah. away. It can come back and stuff like that. So don't put your hope in any of that stuff. Some people call us a conspiracy. They call us conspiracy theorists. They keep coming true. I know. They, not only do they keep coming true, but we we agree as Christians that we can see the hand of God at work. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we don't label people as a conspiracy theorist there. We yeah. just see God working things together. Well, Satan's trying to do the same. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to see those patterns. We're going to see those movements. We're going to see things connect. And no, it doesn't mean we're crazy. It just means that we see reality. Yeah, I want to add see a, reality. I want to add a sidebar to this, and that is that when someone that is, you know, w- whatever you want to call it, trans, gay, uh, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. When they are being recognized, like as employee of the month or whatever, mm-hmm. try, try to try to look for is there something going on where there's love being shown? Mm-hmm. Is there something going on where, where people are just being esteemed and good old fashioned love of your fellow neighbor? Or has it crossed a line to where now it is capitulating mm-hmm. and bending the knee to the culture? Those are two different things. Right. And that's why by their love, you will know them. So we need to try to err on the side of love. But the mistake that America has made and the culture around the world has made is we err on the side of capitulation thinking that is love. And depravity is depravity. It doesn't matter what what it looks like. It doesn't matter what shape or size it comes in. Mm -hmm. Depravity is still depravity. And you cannot throw your pearls to swine. You cannot try to put these people up on a pedestal because that's what the culture tells you to do. Right. But you've got to see if, it, it, you know, that, that Chick-fil-A operator, and I know a lot of them, most of them are born-again Christians. Yep. With that employee, I'm, 
I'm leaning towards, I want to learn more. I want to see, are they just trying to show general respect and love here? Or have they crossed the line to capitulate for DEI or for ESG? Right. Different well, world, would, different world. Right. That would. And, and I just want to clarify that because otherwise it just comes across like we're just we don't <laughs> like other people. You well, know, they it's could just be like, a really good employee we, too. Our approach yeah. is the most loving. Uh, we're on the watchman on the wall. Hey, they're yeah. coming to kill you. Yeah. You want to know what's really turning the tide? What's starting to turn the tide is that okay, hypothetically, I am just a guy who's working. And I have a company, say I have 10 employees and my wife, she, she's, she's, let's just say she's a nurse and we have two kids in high school. We don't want to get wrapped up into the rainbow flag. We're not waving it, but we're not getting against anybody that right, does. In fact, right. somebody has a rainbow flag. Good. You know what that's called? That's called fake righteousness. So we try to put this righteousness into play in, in how we look at this particular cultural issue. And, and I better stop or I'll, I'll go on forever. The point is is that we've got to give it back to Jesus. Yep. We've got to be real Christians who yeah. really want to be salty and shine the light yeah. and not capitulate to the culture. Right. And, and how do you do that right. without coming across as a Bible-thumping um, off-putter? So, but here's here's what's going to make Black that of a better more, term. Well, and here's what's so important, not about this show, but about you know your preaching, Chris, and about messages about strengthening the inner man in Christ, mm-hmm. because they— you know, and this may be part of Chick-fil-A's motivation. Fox News has some new policies in place to comply with New York and New York City laws. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there are laws oh, now yeah. Yeah, it's, that it's, are it's, that it's are cool. requiring people to implement to have these things. Have, implement right. these kind of things. And so now, if you want to stand up, if you want to say no, the cost gets higher. And mm-hmm. higher. And, and higher, as yeah. we go, they're not Evil's not going to stop. No. And I've read Revelation. This sh- <laughs> show does not this show does not save the day. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jesus comes back. That event ultimately that's what's going to save the day. And so the cost if and you know things may ebb and flow and we may buy some time here mm-hmm. and there but right, ultimately right. the cost will continue to rise. Yeah. And so we have to be prepared to stand even when it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. I know we've got another person we're going to bring in for right on way off in just mm-hmm. a second. But before we go, I, I just want to add this one little caveat. And that is there used to be the platform of, I don't need to know what's going on in your bedroom. I'm just, we're going to treat all people equally. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll rent to you. Yes, you can you know buy this. You can go here. You can go there. Right. And we can coexist. We can get, to, we can get along. We can we, you know do things. Sure. I... And one of the few people that I know, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I that... am one of the few people I know. <laughs> that, that was... And everywhere I go, there I am. <laughs> that was that was such a such a problem. Uh, <laughs> that was such a bad, bad thing. Um, listen, I'm one of the few people that I know that is actually employed as a boss, yep. multiple people who of, are of the homosexual lifestyle. Okay. Now, Going forward with this ESG and all this other stuff, right. I have to esteem their lifestyle as if it is, you know, just righteous. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that because of my religion. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm a hater and I need to be shut down. Right. I need to be stopped. Right. I'm just a guy with a with a co- little company and, and a wife who's working at a hospital and I got two kids in high school. Yeah. And I don't want to get involved in this. Yeah. So what's happened is, is that I have just let it go. 
I've just let it go, let it slide. But now I am woken up from my hibernation of you be you and I'll be me. And that is when they are coming for my kids. And because in their world, you have to comply. You have to. And and in that have to comply, the next step is you have to allow us to have your kids sexually. They want to push pedophilia at the same level. And now they're saying love knows no gender, love knows no age. That's Uh, their new new mantra. And here's the deal. If we're going to sit by and allow them to have five-year-old Billy become five-year-old Bonnie, then Billy and Bonnie can make their own sexual decisions at the age of five, which is absolute asinine. It is depraved mind at the highest level. So... Um, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> so, uh, so being salt, yep. we're, t- we're telling you the truth. It's not fun. I mean, um, I, you know, I feel like someone needs to tell a joke or something. But uh, <laughs> get light in the mood. But you know, but that's the thing. You know, we as the watchman on the wall, as t- as telling you what we see is coming and is already here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just imploring you. Um, this is prayer month. Be in prayer. Uh, be prepared to stand for the truth yeah. in love where and when you can or have yeah. to. Yeah. And um, we may have to pay a price and, and, yeah. to, and to be ready for that as well. well yeah, God told us, yeah. don't let it be a surprise. He said there will come mm-hmm. a day when yeah. he sends a great delusion. And I can't think of a more delusional time wow. in our country or really globally. Yeah. Um, but that that Since just signals that just signals that God is on top of it. He mm-hmm. knows what's going on. Nothing is taking him by surprise. Our job is to stand firm yep. and hold fast. And our hope here at No Apology with Emily and Chris, is that we will encourage you to do just that. Hold on to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have somebody standing by we're going to bring in for the very first time. And Emily, I'm going to let you do the intro. Joining us on the show is Claire, a good friend, a sister in the Lord, a mom, a housewife, uh, actually um, someone who's been in the healthcare field for a while as well. And so she has been kind of given the moniker of healthcare consultant here at Fresh Road Media because you know a lot more than we do. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, you got a couple little kids. Where are they right now? They are down napping. Ooh. The only sound you should hear is thunder today. Yeah. Nap time. Nap time. Nap time. I hope so. It's coming. Yeah. uh, So, Chris, don't be too loud and wake up the kids, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Claire, I'm glad you joined us on the show. You you know us. All four of us. Mm -hmm. We're we're like family. Yeah. We yeah. are family. <laughs> uh, but one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on the show is that you're actually a big part of fam- of uh, Fresh Road Media. You've helped us out a lot from the very beginning. You're kind of part of the founding of this whole thing. And I We blame you behind your really- back, Claire, for everything. <laughs> and we just... I really appreciate everything that you do, and we want you to... Be out there so people know that, yeah, there's more than just the three of us. Well, and then we making this thing go. We want somebody with some credibility in the healthcare side to be a regular guest, to be able to comment on things that might come up, like, I don't know, like vaccines and stuff like that. And (laughs) what's this rash on Chris's elbow? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a free diagnosis? (laughs) Look, 
Let's not talk dermatology. Why I had is, a point to make. Why is Chris the only person Chris knows? <laughs> That's not true. That's psychology. I, what I meant was I don't know a whole whole lot of people that have done what I've done in that area. And when I meet others that have done what I've done in that area, we have a, a, an understanding of true loving our neighbor, even if it. we don't bend our knee to their lifestyle. You okay, all right. Anyway, so Claire... <laughs> I want to be clear on this. You are here more as the voice of an educated mother who has views more so than than healthcare, but you also you have a healthcare background. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the show. And Emily, what's your first question for Claire? Or are we just going into right on way off, or do we want to have her answer something first? Explain yourself, Claire. Yeah, why, <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> no, she's here because we invited her, and then we're going to put yeah. her on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, let me let me ask you this. Uh, one of the things that, that has come up that we have been talking about is I am very much anti-vaccine messaging. I, as a journalist, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm appalled at it. I don't care whether people take the jab or not. Whether I got the jab or not, it's nobody's business as far as I'm concerned. Right. But what do you think about not just the messaging – but how have you dealt with this as the pressure comes for you mm-hmm. to vaccinate your three and one year old? Yeah, it's uh, been intense, especially the past couple of years. You know, I had Tucker at the height of COVID. So um, the pressure has definitely been there both to vaccinate myself and my boys. Um, not so much the boys for the COVID vaccine, but um, having children woke me up to the reality of not enough information being done on any of the vaccines, um, not enough uh, liability for the pharmaceutical companies. Um, yeah. None of this was taught to us in school. I'm a physical therapist. Um, I have friends that are nurses. I have friends that are doctors. And, you know, I'm not going to speak for them. But in school, we're taught that this is what kids should do. This is the schedule that they should receive. And that's basically it. We're not taught what's in them. We're not taught about the side effects. Um, and most most doctors and nurses don't know this stuff. They don't know that mm-hmm. no vaccine has ever been tested for carcinogenic or mutagenic potential. Right. Um, and they don't want to do that because they might find a link and... That would make then, someone responsible. Yeah. <laughs> right. See, and the other thing is you just pronounced two words I can't pronounce. So that's good. That's another reason to have you on the show. There you go. <laughs> but you know what? Here's here's another thing. As we've gotten to know you uh, over time, you also have done a little research into like the our food system and the foods uh, that we eat. And that has changed dramatically absolutely. how you feed your family as well, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I was exposed as a kid to a genetically modified corn product that was not supposed to be put in the market. Um, and I developed a corn allergy. So around fifth and sixth grade, I, um, had to completely revamp my eating style. And at that time it was really difficult because corn Mm. products were in everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it being in Iowa, you live in (laughs) Iowa. How do you live in Iowa allergic to corn? Wow. And what what happens when you fill up your car now? (laughs) Is that a problem? Oh my goodness. Thankfully, no. Thankfully only when I consume. Um, So all the corn, are you still allergic or did you kind of come out of it? I still have a little bit of a sensitivity, but not nearly as bad. Um, okay. Because I I went for years without. I haven't had 
a soda or a pop, however you want to call it, um, in over 20 years. So I've just avoided it for that long. Well, that's Uh, awesome. I'm actually, I'm happy for you because like Chris and I, now that we're like old, I mean, old age forces you to do that too. Cause it's like, I just ate that and feel horrible since when does food make you feel horrible? And so, yeah, there, a lot has changed and I'm looking forward to having you on the show more to talk about all these different types of things, because just as a mom, a current mom, our kids are grown. um, I just think there's a lot of information that we need to get out there. I think you're on top of a lot of things. And now that my kids are grown, I'm not so much on top of those things. And yet things continue to change. So I'm looking forward to that. She does make food and that we used to be able to eat. And then, like, and a half an hour later, we're just walking around the house, geezer pain, geezer pain. Yeah. You know, where did that come from? I used to be able to eat that all the time. Now I can't. You right. Know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Okay, anyway, just... Emily, Emily, Claire, Mike, I'm, hey. I'm glad we're all here together on the show. Yeah. Claire is going to be one of our um, one of our regular contributors when it yes. comes to anything that's mom or health care related. Or family. Mike Shaw is our studio producer and our news director, mm-hmm. and I am the co-host with the most well then i think claire you will are need the a, leader claire will need a title too yeah what uh-huh. yeah mm. well could be when rod robinson was on the show two weeks ago maybe uh clairvoyant uh, <laughs> that's exactly yeah you think i the caught up thing? on that yeah, yeah. it's like oh, uh, like uh we had a guest on our show i don't know if you caught it claire but he has a talking goose <laughs> Uh, no, not just a talking goose. It reads mine. A mind-reading mine. goose. So, that, yeah. That's the same as Claire. <laughs> Clairvoyant. Clara. How about, Clairvoyant. How about right. Clarity with Claire? Ooh. Clarity with Claire. Like yeah. Or yeah. Claire's Clarity. That's too close to Clarity <laughs> with Claritin, the uh, allergy thing, well, which Claire's probably familiar with since she's allergic to corn. Claritin D. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. All right. All right, Emily. Let's switch gears here. Let's switch gears here. We're going to have a little bit of fun. It's my favorite time of the show. Yeah, it's time to play Right On Way Off. And so you'll join us for this, won't you, Claire? You bet. All right. Let's play the game. And the rules are simple. We wanted to introduce Claire and then do Right On Way Off. And then Andrew Gommerson is going to be on the show. It's going to be a great day today. It is. I'm right on with all that. You're right on with all that. I'm I'm, I'm also turn. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love how Mike just like puts in those, those little mm. monotone okay. little comments right. that if everybody, you're just not paying attention, they fly right under the every, radar. Every, everybody, until you realize he- how funny that really is. Everybody, quiet, heads down. Emily's <laughs> going to talk now. All right. Right on way off. The rules are simple. <laughs> I'm going to give you a statement. It can have to do with anything under the sun. You tell me if you agree or disagree by telling me whether it is the statement. Right on or way off. All right, I got three of them once again today. We're going to start with Chris. Hmm. Why start with me? Well, I, I, I that was the example for the me. new kid. <laughs> Go ahead, hit me. What do you got? I don't know your questions. Tr- I got three questions and I, I don't know even which one to do first. So hold on just one second. Uh-huh. I'm going to start with this one. <laughs> okay. It's a long one. <laughs> All right. All right. Buckle up. It's I'm a quote. Down. It's, it's a, a quote. quote. Right. It's a long quote. I actually read this and thought of Claire and I thought, if she ever plays right on way off with us, I'm going to read this one. All right, here we go. Uh, it says... Listen carefully, everyone. The preached word is like a doctor performing open-heart surgery, not a clinical conversation with a patient to discuss tactics for lowering cholesterol. It's like a judge's final verdict. 
not back and forth arguments of competing trial attorneys. Mm. Is that right on or is that way off? I have to go, even though it's got right on characteristics, I have to go way off. Okay, I have why? to go way off. Because even the Apostle Paul would say, come, let's reason together. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like, you know, here's the gospel message. Boom, 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 boom. Repent or die. Turn or burn. That is part of the gospel message, which is why that is a funny kind of joke. But I am way off because you have to come to people and you have to explain the law of God before you can give the gospel. And I say it like this. If I came up to you, Claire, give me a give me a, a fake um, disease. Just make up a disease in your in your in your words. Just a fake one. Like you said, carniocindric or something like that earlier. Carcinogenic. Carcinogenic. A, Let's yeah. twist that up and make it a fake a fake uh, disease. It, it goes with my analogy. Give me something. Uh, Garbage centric. I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> don't put people on the spot like that. I just that. need something. She that, just got here, man. <laughs> I used come on. To, I, when I would preach this, I, I can't. I can never come up with one, so I call uh-huh. it yah disease. All right, you got yah disease, right. and so um, I walk up to you and I say, "You've got yah disease. Here's here's the antidote. You need to take these two pills and save your life." Now, mm-hmm. what I did is I sold everything that I had and I went into debt for the next fifteen years so that I could get this medicine for you. You need to take it because you got yah disease. Well, the common person's going to look at you like, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you stop and you you lay out yaya disease, you say, look, you've got every symptom and, and you go through every little case and you, you, you even have some other proof where they realize, oh my gosh, I've got yaya disease and there's no cure except for what he's got. I've tried all these other cures and they don't work. Then when I say, here's the two pills, you take them with gratitude. Instead of, what are you talking about? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You need to have the opportunity to reason with people and have a shared conversation. And guess what? The other reason I'm way off is free will. Is you know yes I can read the gospel as a judge reading a sentence and you and I I can technically be be right on but I am way off on this because I really believe that we need to explain the law and then share the gospel. I had a seminary professor and I'll end with this. He used to say, and by the way, everybody could hear your deep breath. Emily's not happy with me. All right, I'll just allergy quit. season. I'll just quit. It's no, allergy no, season. No, no, that was that was shut up. You talk too much. That she's, was what that breath was. She's hyper allergenic. When's he gonna quit talking? <laughs> a seminary professor once told me. He said, "You use your sermons." He said, "The best sermons are ninety percent law and ten percent gospel because the ten percent at the end will make sense. And that if you use eighty or ninety percent gospel and no law, you really." Don't have anybody. You you lead no. people to false conversions. No, no and, law. Like that. yeah, and like that's that. all I have to say about. That. All right, <laughs> Mike, we'll yeah. go to you. So I have to. So I, I think I'm going to put like a 30 second. No, no, you don't have. You don't know. No, nobody You're needs a clock. Nobody needs a clock. All you got to do is listen for the. Yeah. <laughs> which means shutty, shutty, buddy. I don't know. So let somebody else talk. I don't know, Chris. I liked your antidote, anecdote. Okay. Anecdote, anecdote. Antidote. Anecdote. Oh, yeah. Okay. It'll hit you later. It'll hit you later. Syrup and syrp. I get it. Yeah. All right. So you are way off. Way off. I'm all right. Off. I'm, I'm going to read it one more time. and Because I'm sure after all this, Claire's kind of... And she's reading letters. it one more time because she's right on on this at the end. You wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I already solved the formula a couple weeks ago. The preached word is like a doctor performing 
open heart surgery, not a clinical conversation with a patient to discuss tactics for lowering cholesterol. It's like a judge's final verdict, not the back and forth arguments of competing trial attorneys. Right on or way off? Yeah, I'm still going to go way off. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a mercy guy. But um, now when when Chris or anyone else who is filled with God's spirit preaches, mm-hmm. when someone puts out God's word. Oh, sorry. I spilled <laughs> some water. Talking with my hands, my Italian's showing. Um, that what yeah, happens yeah. is. No the, one saw that, by the way. Okay, good. Right. The Holy Spirit takes that word and he deliver, delivers it to every heart uh-huh. that's listening. Yep. And does surgery and all that. All those, does surgery. And does yeah. some of those other things. But so God is speaking to each person individually for what they need in that moment through that through that sermon. It's a miracle. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. I love that. It is. Um, but for all the things that Chris talked about, um, you know, sometimes it is just a little tweak here or a, or even encouragement. The Holy Spirit will encourage you. If you've had a horrible week and you're going through some really rough stuff and God is close to the brokenhearted, he might encourage you through the same sermon that he might be um, spanking someone else. Um, and so, <laughs> true. And so that's, that's why true. that's yeah. why I'm way off. It's, okay. it's too harsh. There is a lot of right on in there, but yeah. There is, yeah. There is. Okay. Claire, what do you think? I'm glad I went last. <laughs> and don't be swayed by these yahoos no, either. <laughs> it was good. I'm lear- I'm sitting here learning, though. Um, initially, I was going to be right on. But then as Chris was talking, you know, it made me think, too, that a good physician is going to speak to another physician in a different way than he's going to speak to somebody who didn't finish high school. Um you know, they come in with the same diagnosis, but they need to be educated in different ways. Um, Bedside manner, yes. Yeah, but even, you know, explaining the disease, whatever ailment they're coming in with, you know, we need to encourage them in different ways. They need to hear it in different ways. Um, And so eventually we get to that surgery point, but um, yeah, we need to be able to approach. And that's what I love about, you know, where we're at and what we're doing. You know, we're speaking to a man who might not be a doctor, um, who needs to hear the word, and um, we're spreading it in ways that he's able to understand. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So what are you, Emily? Okay, so I'm right on I knew with it. this one. And <laughs> Did the, I call it? Yeah. The reason that I'm right on with this one is I, I totally agree with it, what you guys are saying, in that the you know, how you phrase things and what you say mm-hmm. about the Word of God, uh, those can take different approaches and those can take some discernment as to what to say and how to say it. Mm-hmm. However, he's really saying the preached Word or the proclaimed Word or the Word of God and teaching what it actually means. And I, I when and you go on that path, it, I'm with you. And he likens it to a doctor performing open-heart surgery. And I'm thinking about those verses where it talks about God's Word is what changes the heart. Mm. God's Word is what divines bone and marrow. I mean, it divides, man. It cuts through. It breaks through whatever the cultural differences are, whatever the gender differences are, whatever the age differences are. It breaks through, it shatters it. And we it, call it the unleashed tiger on the soul. Right. And when it's divided, when the word of God is divided rightly, it pierces the heart. It 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 penetrates the heart. It's more than just 
talking about if maybe try, try, here's an option, there's an option. No, it pierces the heart. Mm -hmm. There's a truth there that is unnegotiable. And God's word changes the hearts of men. It really, really does. We can put our opinions and our thoughts out there, but God's word really does truly pierce the heart. It's non-negotiable, and it is final. Well, let me say this. Can I change my answer? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you can't. I was just going to jump on and say, this is one of the first time where I think everybody who's way off and right on are all on the same page. We are. It was kind of a unique, long question that you had there, Emily, but it was fun. No, I loved it because there isn't a right answer as far as when we're talking about right on. Well, don't let Claire go last on the next one. This is why I love right on, way (laughs) off. All right, we'll go with Mike. I'm not going to put her first quite yet. But here's the good thing. The next two are really easy. We'll get through them. They're they're Do we have any fun ones today? No, No I don't believe in fun. No Um, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two, Claire might have some insight on this one, even though I'm going to Mike first. All right. Uh, Eating four slices of pizza every day is still healthier than being dead in your sins. Right on or way off? Right on. <laughs> but isn't eating four pieces of four slices of pizza a day isn't that a sin? For I some, don't know. For some, it could be. For some, it could be gluttony. But I don't know. Four slices is not that. Much. Four slices. I mean, that's half a pizza every day. That's, that's like a that's, blessing from the Lord. That's half a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that uh, answer was priceless, Mike. Just the look on your face <laughs> okay. and the way you said it well, was priceless. This that's kind of personal for me. So here's what's going on with me. <laughs> um, I, I have a carb addiction. Hi, my name's Mike. Oh uh, yeah, and I have a carb addiction. Me yeah. too. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> and so and so, I've been doing. I did uh, carnivore for a third of a year mm. last year. Lost about 30 pounds. I was disappointed. I was hoping to lose more, but felt great. Moved here. and I, <laughs> Oh, don't blame Iowa and <laughs> The corn. corn capital of the year. <laughs> yep. Of the world. Yep. Hey, yeah. It's been four <laughs> slices of pizza with corn on it every That's day. That's right. Well, a side of corn chowder. They have a place here called Pizza Ranch. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and their specialty is chicken. Isn't that bizarre? It really is. (laughs) But here's the thing. So it's like um, the carnivore diet specifically is the – is the most antisocial diet known to man. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, Mike, uh, thanks. You know, we welcome to town. We want to get to know you. Come over for some casserole. I'm like, no, I only <laughs> eat steaks. Um, who does that? And bacon. Yeah. yeah, and bacon. Who does that? I'm not going to do that. Well, and in ministry, Emily's been yeah. on some of these funky diets yeah. before, and yeah. you just got to go off the diet to, yeah. you know, the Apostle Paul tells us yeah. eat what's put in front of us. I mean, you're on you're, you're on a you're doing a mission yeah. tour or whatever. I know. Uh, you got your choice of having the scalp potatoes or going hungry. You take the scalp uh, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I, I think I you're destined for missions in Alaska because there you can eat all the salmon and yeah. whale blubber that you want. No oh one will bat an eye. Where is this heaven place? Yeah. <laughs> it's Alaska. No, Alaska. And we'll make sure you get your more of the hot dishes there. Don't you know? So, if right. I forget, all right. I'll ask. All right, Claire. Eating four slices of pizza every day (laughs) is healthier than being dead in our sins. Right on or way off? Right on with a caveat. (laughs) With a caveat. Spiritually, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, Physically, you're not going to feel great. 
No. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless you had like um, a veggie pizza with no yeah. cheese and the crust made out of cauliflower. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here Same we go. Thing. There you go. Here Keto pizza. Same pizza can have anything on it, right? Cauliflower yeah. crusted pizza comes from a place known as, it's, uh, it's called the Factory of Sadness. That's where that comes <laughs> right. from. Right. Okay, Chris, right on or way off. Uh, pizza, I got to hear the pizza, question pizza, <laughs> No, me? I know, because I want to hear where the wording eating, is, where I can get out of it. the grain. All right. Eating All right. four slices of pizza every day is still healthier than being dead in your sins. Right on or way on. I'm right on. There's nothing worse than being dead in your sins. Because <laughs> right. if you're you know, dead, you can't get more hey, dead. I'll take the four slices. I'll die at 550 <laughs> pounds. Uh, and then I step into eternity. I get a new body. You know, okay. all this carnivore diet, all this body sculpting, uh, it's coming. You know, I'm getting the New Jerusalem. I'm getting the Lamb's uh, Supper. We're going to, you know, party in the New Jerusalem. You're going to have a robe that fits. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off the diet. Order a pizza. Let's go. If if I'm short and bulbous in heaven, I'm going to be pretty sad. (laughs) I've been promised a new body. I'm looking forward to it. But no, being dead in your trespasses and sins, having your name not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, where you are headed for separation from Christ for eternity, which is a polite... Nice way to say you're going to hell. Anything but that. And that's why some of us come to salvation to get out of going to hell. Mm-hmm. That we get we get scared of we're going to hell. So yeah. we know we've gone against our creator. So we come to Jesus for that reason. That's not a great reason to come to Jesus. Fire right. insurance. Fire insurance yeah. is not a great reason to come to Jesus. But that being said, having my name, which I know it's been confirmed. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In fact, it's a new name. Amen. And I can't wait to hear what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope it's not Scooter. You'll be the only one that knows <laughs> it. Scooter. <laughs> it's not Scooter or Stumpy or Stretch or something stupid like that. <laughs> Stumpy. But <laughs> there's a long story with Stumpy, okay. and you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that to me is the greatest thing that I have ever had in my life. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your economic position, your status, your station in life. Whether you're, you know, uh, a great athlete like Tim Tebow, or whether you, you you're confined to a wheelchair like Andrew Gomison, the point is is that you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You've processed from death to life, and you didn't earn a single bit of it. To me, that's greater than anything. Amen. Awesome. Anything. Amen. I like that answer. All right. All right. Let's order pizza. All right. I'm right on as well. <laughs> I so want a large pepperoni right now. <laughs> because once you're dead, you can't get any deader. Uh, the Bible says, too, don't worry about what you're going to eat or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? I, you know, there was actually... Uh, eat or wear, clothing, yeah, food, exactly. the ravens of the field, doesn't and eat that, food and well, them. It's kind of like don't worry about eating. It's not about what you eat. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, or what you will wear. Yeah, right. God's going to provide. provide right. And I think that's the key. When God provides us stuff to eat, let's yeah. pay attention to well, that Well, I mean, well. I can just see my family. The first time we taste manna, their first person is going to say, isn't there any grilled bird around here we can have? You know? <laughs> manna, I'm that gluten-free. Well. <laughs> you want quail? We'll bring you quail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll you so much, you guys will get sick oh, of it. Okay, last quail. one. That right, was last a spo- one. that was supposed to be a short one. Oh, sorry. Last one. I there's uh, we're gonna start with Claire with this one. Yay. Uh, Yay. Last question. There's no such thing as too much gardening. Right on or way off. <laughs> oh yeah, you better start with Claire with that. One. <laughs> right on. Right I on. Wish I could do more of it. I have my entire yard is a hill, so I can't do much outside of some pots on my deck. I would love to have 
a whole vegetable garden. Just be in the dirt. Yeah. Be in the dirt. Yeah. And I know you love to eat healthy, wonderful food. You and gardening, you should get together more. I, yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Mike, what yeah. do you think? Oh, right on. Uh, when I grew up in Oregon, yeah. and we had a couple acres outside of a small town, much like Harlan, mm. um, and we had a huge garden. And being one of the kids, guess what you have kids for? To weed the garden. That's right. And to and water pick it. the green beans. <laughs> right. And the, you're right. There was uh, harvest keep time. Keep picking the green beans because then we'll keep getting green beans. Uh, so you had to pick the green beans yeah. like every day. I have one complaint. Uh, one year we grew too much zucchini. Yeah. And so every, year every night <laughs> fried zucchini every night. Fried zucchini. No. Wait till, wait till August in the Danielson household. Yeah. There, it, you will eat tomatoes. Oh, yeah. tomatoes are great though. You, you will get up in the middle of the night and you'll just eat a tomato because you don't know anything else anymore. Yeah. You've, you've lost all sense of but, other taste. But the f- tomato <laughs> ripened in the sun in your yard is so Look, but along it, the windowsill, there's different shades of green into red all summer yeah. long, starting yeah. in about isn't July zucchini through September. kind yeah. of an Italian thing, too? I uh, could be. Yeah, yeah. my mom yeah. used to make... Yeah. Yeah. My mom Ravioli used to make... Ravioli with zucchini. zucchini. Yeah, it's Italian. It's an Italian name. It ends in a vowel. <laughs> my mom used to make mock apple pie. And it was made with zucchini rather than apples. Oh, and it so tasted like apple like pie. Like faux apple pie? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and your mom chased after sadness like an Olympian, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I wish I had more gardening time and property. All right. right. Yeah. On to Mr. Smarty Pants yes, over here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> There's no such thing as too much gardening right on or way off. Uh, way off. Aww. Way off. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can Why? take it to the extreme because I've lived with you <laughs> <laughs> for 38 years. And you want to know what I love about gardening the most is what? that you love it. Ah. I do love it. And when I support your gardening, then you support that I can do what I do with hockey games or NASCAR Aww. races or whatever. And we have our thing. So the other thing I love about gardening is how good you are at it. Ah. You know, Emily, you are really a good gardener, even though Emily? our oldest son named her the lazy gardener. I am known as the story. lazy gardener. <laughs> yeah. I take shortcuts everywhere I can. Why not? Yeah. yeah. If it works. But uh, I'm way off. I don't, uh, Some, you know, Emily and I will walk around and I'll be like, well, okay, um, what's the name of this weed looking thing. And she'll say the name and then I'll go 10 feet and I'll go, okay, what's the name of this weed looking thing? And she'll say a different name. And I'm like, well, that looks a lot like the weed we just passed. But oh, no, no, they're totally different. And then there's perennials and annuals and non-annuals and dyers and givers and goers and cedars and let me just go inside and turn on the race. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, My gardening has kept you alive so far. And also... Uh, when things really get bad, and we've talked about how things will really get bad, your benefit, Chris, will be, I know which weeds in the garden and in the yard you can eat. Well, our oldest son, (laughs) yeah, no, I know. Dandelions, dandelions, don't eat this. I'll have the don't eat this, eat that blog. I am on that question, (laughs) on that question, I am only way off because I'm being honest. Yeah, it's yeah. not my thing. And, and and this is one of those, you guys, we all have those things. I, I think we all have the human condition where there's certain things we wished we liked 
but we just don't. And gardening is one of those things. I mm-hmm. wish I liked it. Our oldest son got into it with his mother, and he's grown peppers, like ghost peppers and, and Carolina cool. peppers. And I mean, he had a couple laying on a paper towel on the counter, and I came around, and, and, and he had kind of moved away from the counter towards the fridge, and he hollers. He's like, Dad, don't touch those. He's like, it'll burn your skin, and if you touch your eye, you'll go blind. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm serious. That has over a million Scoville units. I'm like, well, I didn't even know I needed Scoville units. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and so I love gardening. I love the fact that my wife is a good gardener. I love the fact that my kids are good gardeners. I mean, I'm not one and I never will be one. I've just come to terms with it over well over a decade ago. And I don't pretend. I'm yeah. not a faker. Yeah. It's taken me I'm about way a, off. It's taken me about a decade to convince Chris that we can have a a compost in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> we want no I say I, I don't want I don't want garbage in my yard playing farmer. No. Okay, let's just it's buy not a bag. Well, you I know think I can cool. go down to the local seed store and buy a bag of compost Chris, for like ten bucks. But that's Chris, what that is. That's without having Chris, garbage in my yard. Chris. It, think of the excitement, though. It might explode or catch fire. <laughs> it could. At any minute. At any minute. It could. It could. If you don't turn it. If you don't turn it's it. It's kind of like in Alaska, you put down bets on when the ice would break. Yeah. Yes. You could put down bets on when the compost pile is going to burst smoking. into flames. <laughs> it would be very entertaining. You guys are not selling me on the compost you know what pile I love? at home. You know what I love about right. gardening, though, is... As the more I do it, the more I learn about God, the Creator, Amen. because it's it's so there's so many parallels. For instance, the whole it take the whole rule of three: you have to have male, female to have offspring. You yeah. know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like everything in the world works on those three. The concept of three. Well, and then also the concept of seed time and, and harvest in it too. Seed time and harvest uh-huh. is another. So you got stamen, pistol, and bee. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Did I get that there right? you go. Okay. Very good. Thank he you. knows be, his flora. I love here. it. Yeah, so yeah, everything in the world, and that's one of the things when we started homeschooling our mm-hmm. kids that really piqued their curiosity is when I was able to show them each subject, whether it was science, math, English, you know, language or reading or whatever. English. <laughs> if you could point to how it taught you something more about God, because yeah. everything is a gift from God, whether yeah. it's the science stuff that he All reveals to us, to God language God is a gift from God, yeah. food is a gift from God, everything is a gift from God. That's what piqued their curiosity, and that's what made them love to start learning again. So that's good. there is no such thing. It's too much gardening. Also, you can use those little trays to teach your kids multiplication. Four times three is 12. Blah, 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 blah. You know, did you know I mention, the garden trays? Did I mention recently about the uh, scientific method was invented by Christians because they wanted to... They wanted what to scientific s- method? The, the scientific, method. The method of science. By which we oh. reach <laughs> so you conclusions. Come, you come up with a hypothesis and then <laughs> yeah. you test theory, it. And yeah. then it becomes a theory if it if it stands the test enough. Mm-hmm. And if that stands the test of time and all the tests, right. then it can eventually become a law that's rare. Right. That was set up by Christians because they thought, and they are right, that if we can learn more about God's creation, we can learn more about God. And that's Amen. how that's how science came about. It's exactly. a Christian thing. And look what they're doing to it. And they're wanting to, Come on. to deconstruct the science method. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sad, yeah. sad, 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 yeah. sad, sad. Wow. Anywho. Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. Right Is on, way off, we're all winners. What do you think, Claire? What do you think, Claire? Right. <laughs> hey, 
All right, Claire, final thoughts on your first broadcast moment with Emily uh, and Chris on No Apology. I had fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, don't be terrified of us. This Claire, is, uh, Claire's an introvert. And then, never. you know, yeah. The kids didn't wake up. That's true. I know, yeah. right? Anything you want to leave with the audience today? We have Andrew Gamison waiting in the wings, and he's our next guest on the program. But, Claire, we're so glad that you chose to come on. And uh, anything you want to share? No, thanks for having me. I love you guys. All so right. proud to be we, part of this. And just Good. You guys are we're so glad. We are so glad to have you be a part of it. You are an encouragement to us, and we look forward to having you on more because I know you have a lot to share. Don't let the craziness of today uh, intimidate you. It gets a lot more fun and a lot easier from here on out. We've got Andrew Gam Gamison. 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 Andrew Gamison coming up right after the break. Keep it right here. No apology with Emily and Chris. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's a good day. It's always a good day when we can talk about the Lord. Yeah. Dwell on the goodness of Him. And we have a really great guest joining us once again. Yeah. Andrew Gomison. He is out of Michigan, and he's joining us today. Andrew, um, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a podcaster. Your ministry is speaking for him. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just came off the month of May where I spoke every single Sunday, so it was a busy, awesome month of ministry. Yeah. Good. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. Now, do you you would know when did we exactly meet you? Was it twelve? Was it eleven? When when did we actually meet you? I met you in August of twenty eleven. Okay. Well, okay. You probably know the day and the hour too. <laughs> <laughs> no can Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We we were hosting a show called the Chris and Emily Show in Michigan. And Andrew, we had a bit on the show called Devotions in Motion. You got the motion, we've got the devotion. Well, it got tiring seeing Emily do the devotions on Monday, me do it on Tuesday, her do it on Wednesday, vice versa. So we started bringing in what we named guest devotionators. In that world, Andrew wanted to come on the air and be a guest devotionator. And Andrew, you, 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 you know, tell us a little bit about your health and why when you first came on the air with us in August of 2011... The you know now what are we twelve years later did 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 it all come the way you wanted it to because we've watched you develop and it's been one of the highlights of our career. How do you look back on these twelve years and and go back to that first day when you came in to hang out with us? Well, that was really in the early days of my speaking for him ministry, and I hadn't really done a whole lot of speaking in various different churches, and I was really at that point just looking for ways to get the word out. And my mom, um, and I will give a plug here for mothers. It's always <laughs> a good idea to listen to your mother because she usually knows what she's talking about. But yeah. she told me to contact the Christian radio stations in the area. West Michigan has a lot of them. Um, but she said, contact them and see if anyone will let you come on and talk about your ministry. And I kind of thought, well, it's a long shot, but I'll give it a try. And W. Mm. You, uh, or sorry, your radio station was the only one that contacted me 
And so actually let, let's let's be totally honest. There was a show on that radio station <laughs> that contacted you. You broke up a little bit me. you broke up a little bit, Andrew there. Go ahead, say that again. I'm having a little audio difficulty, but go ahead. The Chris and Emily show contacted me. Yeah. And so I started doing devotions with Chris and Emily uh, shortly thereafter. And that was really, that was really <laughs> the start of my broadcasting journey. Now, yeah. when you first came to us, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit about your health background. Um, and, um, you know, just t- tell everybody your, your, your story in a couple minutes because it's, it's, it's the foundation I, they need to know so they can see what God's been doing through your ministry because it's, it's pretty cool. That's why you're here today to talk about that. Okay, well, I was born three months prematurely in May of 1979, so I actually just celebrated my 44th birthday. Um, As a result of being born early, I developed cerebral palsy because of complications after birth, and so I've been in a wheelchair my whole life. Um, I became a Christian when I was uh, four, almost five years old, in April of 79. Uh, Best decision I ever made in my life. But the first nine years of my salvation, I knew where my eternal destiny lay, lay, but my earthly destination stunk. I was Mm. mad at God for making me disabled. I said, God, if you hadn't given me a crippled body, then I could serve you. But since you did, I can't. Mm -hmm. So when you tell me, we'll talk. That was kind of the conversation and the narrative between me and God for those nine years. And my brother passed away at three months of age when I was 13 and that was my rock bottom moment. And from 13 to 14, I was the bitterest of all. And I didn't want to go to church, but the thing about being in a wheelchair and being a minor is that your parents can stick you in the van every Sunday and make you go to church <laughs> Yeah, they can, and, and make you face God when you really don't want to. And when I was 14, God and I did business, and I went to a conference where they talked about the things you can't change about yourself, and one of those is the way you're made physically. And at the at that point, God said, if you'll get off the throne of your life and let me take over, I will do in and through you things that you can't even imagine at this point. And so it was at that point that I committed to ministry I didn't know what that would look like, and it took another 16 years before I formalized it, but God's been with me every step of the way. Yeah, and in fact, the ministry's called Speaking for Him, and speaking was not always your 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 forte. You're nuts. Every time I listen to you, uh, Andrew, and when I listen to your podcast, I, I get really excited about how well you enunciate. Yeah, you've come a long way, and I, I want to have I want to have you talk about that just developing uh, not just the speaking, but the the other difficulties that you did have to overcome in order to fulfill the call that God had on your life. What was that like? Well, I think everywhere I looked as a kid, there were people, even teachers, sad to say, um, in my early education, who were constantly downgrading my potential. That's one of the reasons why my parents pulled me out of school and homeschooled me after they held me back after first grade and I never flunked a grade after that, by the way, and ended up with a bachelor's degree in communications. But one thing that really helped me with my 
Annunciation and diction, diction was, first of all, I went to Toastmasters for five years, Toastmasters International. Uh, you wouldn't know it today, but the founder of Toastmasters actually founded it as a way to teach people to proclaim the gospel. Mm. Um, Did not know that. De- they've kind of departed from that vision, and it's more secular now. But five years doing that and being graded on my speeches was a good thing. I learned how to deliver them in a timely manner and without filler words. And mm-hmm. then Chris, in the early days that we broadcasted together, was very hard on me and taught me a lot about getting your message out in a timely manner so that you can do tight radio segments like Devotion in Motion. Yeah, and, and I, I wasn't hard on you. Yeah. Like, yes, you were. No, not like a <laughs> like a mean taskmaster. It was literally we had people saying the, the, he you can't understand what he's saying, and I said I don't care. God's got a call on his life. We're gonna keep him. Yeah. And so I made you cry a couple times, <laughs> but I also made you get up on the wheel and do what you were called to do. And because you because sometimes the thing. you know you got to be a jerk. You I guess. believed I don't know. in him. You uh, yeah, believed yeah, in him, it, and it, you it was, knew that God could do great things. And so he didn't want. You know, Chris was kind of maybe the opposite of some of those teachers of downplaying what you were capable of doing, and it was hard, wasn't it? Well, I meant it in the nicest way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so seriously, I do because I know you, know you do, bro. I know. If you have people in your life who just say that you're the cat's pajamas and they don't push you to be better, then you're going to be like the early rejects on American Idol <laughs> who came on in season one and said, oh, my whole family says I can sing. It's my career. It's my calling. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great illustration. I love that. Hey, the reason the three of us always did well on the air together is none of us are getting a golden ticket. <laughs> we already have our we golden have ticket. A, we but, really but do. But Andrew, you would wheel in and we we would we had some really poignant moments during our devotion and motion segment. But the biggest thing for me was you had a calling on your life and you had a skill set in there and somebody had to have the backbone to pull it out and you know when when you're the guy who made the guy in the wheelchair cry it's not a happy day okay <laughs> it's kind of sad and so everybody kind of came after me pretty hard and it's like you and I kind of stood together and we said no we're going to do this and we and we stuck it out for a couple years man about once a month you'd come in and we just had a really good time and then to watch speaking for him grow and then I you know you're not going to meet him on this broadcast, but like I showed your book to a couple people like Mike Shaw and others because Men of Valor is still a, a book that sits right by my desk and, I, and I've referred to it a couple times. So watching you do these things has been like a career um, bonus for us, you know, as we've committed our livelihood, our vocation to serving Jesus, to have you're one of many people that somehow, some way we were able to influence and um, I'm just proud of you, man. And so you're starting to speak in a lot more churches than what you have. Has it become a true itinerant ministry for you, or is it just an every now and then thing? Well, it's there's still a little bit of feast and famine, but it's a lot better than it was in the beginning. And it was just really exciting to have somebody who was at the church that I spoke at on the third Sunday in May go to somebody else's graduation open house, talk about the great message I gave, and it was a mutual friend of ours. And then he was asked uh, if he knew of anybody that could speak for an engagement that he couldn't do, 
and he recommended me. And so it was just really exciting to have that kind of stuff happening. And I, you know, I really am grateful for how you guys helped me get launched. And as far as the broadcasting thing, I've now been podcasting for almost, uh, almost 11, almost 10 and a half years yeah. uh, with no interruptions. Um, and I have 556 podcast episodes in my catalog. So Awesome. Now, the name of the podcast is The Speaking For Him Podcast, and four is the number four, correct? That is correct. If you type in Speaking For Him on your podcast app, you will find it. Um, and I know on Apple, you have to put a space between the speaking and the four and the him in order to find it. I don't know how we you, set it you, up with Twitch, but that's the way it is. You've had that website f since we've met you. I mean, you got it like right away. And so I would always, you know, have to be the guy to say, hey, Andrew Gamerson, if you want to connect with him, speaking the number four, him. That's speaking for him, speaking the numeral four, H-I-M, speakingforhim.com. Anyway, All right, so people can check that I out. I had that memory but and here's I the to thing. Share Here's the thing that was so cool because <laughs> when we did meet you, you had the book out, Men of Valor, and that was a really, really good book. And so tell me a little bit about that book because I know that there's people out there who probably haven't read it and it's worth reading. Tell me about uh, you deciding to write that book, Men of Valor. Well, first of all, I want to say that I did update it and uh, republish it as a paperback. So it is available on paperback okay. on Amazon as well as the ebook that is there. Um, but second of all, it really was kind of in many ways the foundational treaties to my ministry because when I was in college, I was realizing how even before all this gender dysphoria stuff, people were blurring the lines between the roles of men and the roles of women. And I was like, wait a second, even as a college student, I was like, God has a plan for men and women specifically. And we need to relish in those differences, not poo poo them because that's the strength of the family, which is the very foundation of society. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that book. I was originally going to write a book for young people in general. And then I realized that it needed to be specific because one of the things we were really lacking is male leadership. Mm -hmm. And also one of the motivating factors for my whole ministry is in college, I was convicted by Judges chapter one, where it says, um, all the days of Joshua, the people served God and all the days of the elders that served with Joshua, the people served God. But when those elders died, there arose a generation that knew not God nor his works to the children of Israel. And I looked at that chapter and I said, as much as lies with me, by the grace of God, not on my watch. Mm. I love it. I yeah. love it. So you had a mission clearly inspired through the scriptures. And so talk, talk to me about your family and the role that they played. Because, you know, you've had an exceptional life, a life that not very many people would experience a lot of the things that you experience. Tell me about the role that your family unit played in you coming to the place where you are right now in your life. Well, my parents have uh, been married for 45 years. My dad studied ministry at 
Grand Rapids School of the Bible and Music. Some Michiganders will remember that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he had a vision to be a preacher of the gospel. And so that's kind of where I got my passion for the word of God. He still does preach on occasion, but there are also times where he says that he feels like um, David building the temple. Like he kind of laid the foundation for what would become my ministry. And he, that's awesome. And he rejoices in my ministry and he believes that God placed him as my father to prepare me for my ministry. Wow. I love that. Like your life is, your life doesn't end with your life. You know what I mean? Like your children, your children's children perpetuating people forward generation after generation is really an intricate part of who we are as God's design, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And my parents are expecting grandchild number 29. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a lot. How many brothers and sisters you got? I am the oldest of 11 living children. Yeah, that's right. In heaven. So there was 12 total. There's 11 living. Yeah. And I've met a couple of them. In fact, your brother that went to the Marines, we prayed over him before he went to boot camp back in the day. And is he out of the Marines already? I mean, that was 11 years ago. He is married with four children and living in low, living in Ludington, working at Lowe's. Oh, Very nice, good. nice. Well, tell him, hey, I still, I, he's still a, a Facebook friend. I still see him show up in the feed a little bit. I want to talk about something that I have not had a chance to speak with you about, um, but I followed it on Facebook, and I'm telling you what, every time I saw it, I just got, got excited, and that was pictures of you as an actor oh, in yeah. costume, and you got the role of the ghost of Christmas present in the Christmas Carol, and by the way, you looked just you like, him, and- like him dude <laughs> now how, tell us about that role how you got the role and then how it how it went i mean hopefully the productions went great if there was you know stage parts falling down now's the time we get to hear about it <laughs> that, that was an awesome experience i have been on stage uh one other time with master arts that's the theater company okay. that i primarily work through i and i played the role of sam wainwright uh, who is the friend of Mary and George, the main characters, kind of saves the day at the end, but whatever. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, right? That <laughs> <laughs> was just one scene, and they rolled me in and rolled me out. And I'm very thankful for Chris McDonald, the founder of the theater, for seeing past my wheelchair and realizing that that could be a role for me. And then I did a lot of... Uh, behind the scenes stuff. I assistant directed several shows, but when it came to Christmas Carol, one of my really good friends, uh, Lorna, she was going to be the director and she asked me to come and read for the play. And I was like, I don't know what part I could play, but yeah, I'll come and read. And my thought after looking at the auditions and all that stuff was maybe I'll be one of the gentleman that solicits funds from Scrooge because whoever the other guy is, he can just push me or whatever. And that's what we'll do. But after the auditions and the callbacks, I, I got a message that night saying, I want you to be my ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> and I was, I was blown away because I had joked with her about that, but I never in a million years thought that I would get that opportunity. And 
I just, I stayed in my electric wheelchair. We allowed the audience to suspend belief. And it was just one of the most awesome experiences of my life. Yeah, it was really cool to see. I know. I wish we, I wish we could have actually seen the play. But I, I, are you looking at any at doing more things like that? Doing more community theater and things like that? I definitely want to. I'm also in the process of actually writing what I hope will be a stage play um, on the life of Jesus Christ because I have done a lot of one-person narratives. So I'm trying to take the one-person narratives that I've written and incorporate them into a multicast drama, which I then will hope to pitch uh, to Master Arts as a potential future show. Wow. That's awesome. That's very proud of very you. Very cool. Okay, so let me get this straight. You're an author, you're a speaker, you're an actor, you're a what? Evangelist. Yeah, evangelist. Uh, are there any things um, that you haven't done yet, but you kinda ha- you're hoping in your heart of hearts that one day you'll be able to do that? Like, when are you going to compete for the heavyweight championship of the world? I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> That one's out, and so is Navy Seal. I was kind of <laughs> okay. Yeah, Navy Seal's out too. Okay. So what do you? What do you? Is it what's out there that you haven't done yet, but you really want to do? Well, you you guys know this because you know me, but I still would like to one day, by God's grace and providence, wear the titles of husband and father. Mm. Um, that's still something I pray about a lot. Um, it's hard to watch my siblings families and see the joy that those bring them. I know it, it's tough as well, um, but I always tell my um, dad, I said, I know you say that marriage is tough and I've seen it be tough, but I'd rather have someone to go through the tough with than to go through it alone. So mm. that those are still aspirations of mine. I knocked Hawaii off the bucket list. I saw that. It ah. was awesome. My brother's stationed there with the Navy, and so I went there with my brother and another mutual friend of ours, Adam McNutt. Yeah, and Adam Adam was uh, an intern on our show, and then he then he became his own morning show. He's another guy that I brag about. It's like, yeah. And then you two working together. In fact, uh, if you want to see, if those of you watching on Rumble or YouTube, you can see Adam McNutt is the other one in the red shirt next to Andrew in that picture, and he's a really good dude. I, 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 your, your guys' friendship over the years has always been like heartwarming to me. I love seeing you guys. And then you guys are traveling to Hawaii together. That's pretty cool. Adam has become one of my very best friends, and it's all because of our work on the radio together. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. So uh, back to Hawaii, uh, What your, your thoughts? I mean, was it everything you were hoping it was going to be? It was awesome. I'm actually hoping um, to go back before my brother's uh, time there is done. I don't know if that will happen, but I would love to do it. It was really amazing. We did a lot of cool stuff. We went to a chocolate factory and tried 36 varieties of chocolate we went to a uh polynesian cultural center and learned all about polynesian culture in various islands and we had an awesome all-you-can-eat buffet there we had barbecue a few times uh we had shave it was really a a nice time and we didn't have lodging costs because my brother let us stay in his condo so yeah, Ooh. awesome. Andrew Gomison is our special guest. We go way back. He started his broadcast career on the old Chris and Emily show 12 years ago. And, you know, just watching him grow, he's got a podcast. Search Speaking for Him 
Uh, and it's speaking, the numeral four, H-I-M, speakingforhim.com is the website. And uh, it's just been a, a thrill to have, have you on our show today, Andrew. Yeah, uh, Men of Valor also is his book. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with the audience before we go? I just wanted to say that I really appreciate your discussions on the news here on the No Apology Podcast. That is something that I incorporated into my podcast after I moved it home after COVID. That's quite a story. <laughs> I had not been very brave in deciding that I could do the podcast at home, but then we had this thing called an 80-day lockdown. <laughs> in the and so I either had to learn to do it myself or I had to suspend production. And so I first I learned to edit with Audacity and I learned how to drop video clips in from YouTube with Audacity. And then a few months later, I decided to look on YouTube about recording equipment and I discovered the Rodecaster Pro. And that has been an amazing thing. And I decided as a result of getting this amazing piece of tech not to return to the radio station after COVID and to continue to produce my podcast at home, which has allowed me to do uh, current events and news stories from a biblical perspective as a segment of my podcast. And actually starting this next month, I will be spinning that off into its own podcast. So I will actually be doing two podcasts so i have something of a podcast network now. ah very nice. cool. very good very good what's, I love it. what's the name of the new show it's going to be called speaking for him culture watch and it's for now it's going to just appear on the regular speaking for him stream i may divide it later but that's the initial part of it Awesome. Well, awesome. Freshroadmedia.com is our home, and we are going to try to have at least three more shows in the next three years. In fact, the next one is going to launch this summer, and it's going to be Mike Shaw's new show. So, Andrew, if you're brainstorming, uh, Mike Shaw, you you follow our podcast, so you know him by now. We need to get his show a, a cool name, and everything I come up with, he rejects. So. <laughs> I'm going to give my idea to you, Andrew. You're going to call Mike and tell him it, and then he might want to do it. That, that's possible. <laughs> Don't let him get you sucked in, Andrew. No, I no, love, no, no, no. I love Culture Watch. I love Culture that's Watch. A good, that's a yeah. great, great. I would love to use that on our show if we're going to. You can't. It's already taken. Well, Andrew will loan it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can't use Culture Watch. We'll, you, right. we'll, we'll change it completely up and we'll go with Watch Culture. <laughs> Anyway, oh, uh, Andrew, man. I wanted to also thank you publicly because you you said um, about two years ago you did a you did an episode where you said the top five Christian podcasts and Bible Idiots was not my teaching platform at that time it was a it was actually a, a show with Emily and I and you called it one of the top five broadcasts in the country so thank you for that I that's yeah. a compliment that means a lot coming from you because you know the real us behind the scenes so. You are most welcome, and I really do count you guys as dear friends. I know we don't talk nearly as much as I would like to, but I love you guys very much, and uh, hopefully uh, one of these days I will have a wedding announcement that will bring you back to Michigan. Yes. Um, you know we'll be there. We you know will we'll be, be there. there. And we one of these days, earth. Yeah. if we can ever afford it, because you will not come for free, because you are a paid itinerant speaker now. You that you you've earned that right, and God wants that for you. And the workman's worth his wages. 
when we can afford it, I want you to come and speak at my church in Iowa. So I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah, we got to figure out how to do that. We would, too. Well, thank you once again for joining us, uh, Andrew. And I just got to say, you are an inspiration to a lot of people more than you will ever know. So keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it okay? looks like you want more. You want to say more? I do have one suggestion for a name. So if Mike oh. listens he could call it Truth Decay. <laughs> Truth Decay. Truth Decay. Okay, now is that is that a is that a free uh is that at a free brainstorm or if he uses that to, do you get royalties? <laughs> only get royalties if it takes off. <laughs> <laughs> so what percentage of zero do you want, Andrew? <laughs> we'll give you whatever. You said if it takes off. If it takes oh, off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If it takes off, we'll get right. Truth decay. I like that. All right. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. Andrew Gomezin from Speaking For Him has been our special guest, and you are listening to No Apology with Chris and Emily at FreshRoadMedia.com. You know what? You can do some speaking, too. Go to the website and join the show. We'd love to hear from you. FreshRoadMedia.com. Thanks for listening. No Apology with Emily and Chris.